Despite Netflix's troubles, the SVOD market remains healthy with strong forecast growth and new entrants like the NFL. And a London conference this week showed how SVOD, AVOD and FAST are combining to redefine entertainment. Listen on to find out more. edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News and uh, Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media is with me. He was there at the beginning. Hey Colin, how is everything going? Uh, it's great, Will. I'm here in London and I have just spent the last couple of days at the Connected TV Summit. Um, great show put on by MediaTel. Hasn't been, uh, of course, it hasn't been live for two over two years. So it was really great to come back over and reconnect with all of my British friends and very, very good conference. And we'll be getting to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, London's a little grey, but that's what we normally expect, I think, from London. And we want to make sure we distinguish that Connected TV Summit is different from my video news Connected TV Advertising Summit virtual, which is coming up in two and a half weeks and where you're moderating a session. That's right. That's right. So, so we we're going to do a, we're going to do a little bit of a round robin today, though, because there are several things that really interested us in the news. And as I say, I'll be talking a little bit about what I heard at the Connected TV Summit in the second half. So, anyway, what what was it that caught your eye this week, Will? Well, first one was that the uh, Sports um, Business Journal was reporting that NFL looks like NFL is going to launch its own streaming service this season. This has sort of been in the um, makings for some time now. This is uh, really going to be a service targeted for live games on mobile phones and tablets, uh, rumored to be uh, $5 per month, um, although the pricing could change. And it's really, it's also limited to what uh, what uh, viewers would be able to see in their local TV markets. And this was a deal that Yahoo used to have uh, for with some of the major mobile carriers. Uh, but those, those deals did not get renewed. And it looks like NFL is going to pick up the mantle and create its own branded NFL Plus streaming service. So one more plus yet to come to the market. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I guess but I guess this is a non-exclusive agreement, Will, right? Because um, starting starting next year, I think all the broadcasters that have games, uh, local games, also have the right to simulcast those games in their services. So it's it can't be non-exclusive because you know if I'm a CBS customer with and I'm watching my CBS channel through Paramount Plus. I should be able to watch that on my mobile phone as well. So it's not exclusive. And I don't know if you, you, you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Verizon had the exclusive streaming rights to NFL. Right. Uh, but that got renegotiated. And uh, I think Verizon still has the right to stream, but they are just not exclusive anymore. So this, I think this is can only be a good thing. Uh, NFL, I know, has struggled a little bit with younger people who are disconnecting. And this will give them a chance to reconnect that they can, you know, for five bucks, if they're NFL fans, they can get the games on their phone, which is so it sounds like a good deal. Sounds like a smart deal to me. Uh, so and uh, so that was our first uh, first story that we're covering. What um, else? What is on your radar? 
Well, one of the things that has happened since Netflix uh, stumble in subscriber gains in Q1 is that all the stocks of companies that are are betting heavily on SPOT have really been punished pretty heavily by the markets. And this has created a really interesting, you know, sort of sense of doom and gloom around the business. And this week I saw a bunch of data that really sort of flies in the face of that wheel. It's basically saying, well, yeah, Netflix has stumbled a little bit. And let's remember Russia, it, withdrawing from Russia was the big reason it was negative because they lost 700,000 subs with that, I think. Um, but the the data was really showing that things are still going pretty well. And so I, I'll, I'll just quickly summarize uh, three of the points that I saw that really, uh, really show that it's doing pretty well. Digital TV research, um, which is a very, a very good UK based provider of digital TV research, as their name suggests forecast the growth, the global growth in streaming subscriptions between 2021 and 2027. And they see it growing pretty healthily. They say that 485 million subscriptions will be added in that period to reach 1.7 billion by 2027. Uh, interestingly, they seem to think that uh, of the six top services, US services, if you add all of the subscriptions up between them, that will be well over half. They say nearly a billion, 988 million subscriptions will be owned by those top six US services, which is pretty interesting. Um, and there's an interesting caveat to that, which we'll get to when we get to the UK section. Uh, and they say, incidentally, they say that Disney Plus, they think, will will surpass Netflix in 2025, though they do hastily go on to say that Netflix will remain the revenue lead, leader even out to 2027. They say it will be earning as much revenue as Disney Plus, HBO Max and Paramount Plus combined. Um so obviously, though Netflix may be losing subscribers, they won't be losing a lot of revenue. They'll still be doing extremely well from revenue. So that was one point. Another point from MP NPD Group uh, shows that the average US user is using 4.6 SVOD services, 4.6 paying services. Wow, I, th I thought that was a big number. Um, it, they say it peaked in... Uh, October of 2020 at 5.2 and actually slipped down to 4.3 a couple of quarters later, but it's now going back up again to 4.6. So there's another indication uh, that uh, things are going, I think, pretty well with SVOD. And uh, the third indication comes from our friends at Hub Entertainment Research. And they had, they had this new report, Will, it's, they call it the Battle Royale Survey, which I think is a great name for a survey, where they basically ask people about all of the entertainment services that they're using, uh, which of course includes SVOD, but they're also including in these uh, podcasts, streaming music, audiobooks and reading services. And they say that the average household now has 12.5 entertainment sources that they're subscribing to under 35s have 15 and a half and homes with kids have 16.4 so those kids wow. are really driving yeah they're really really driving 
the growth and uh, driving the use of these streaming services. So I thought that was pretty interesting to kind of dispelled a little bit the doom and gloom around the SVOD market. Uh, so I, I don't know, any of those uh, re- resonate with you, Will? 16 sources. I'm trying to think of what 16 different sources would be if you were in a kid's a household with kids. Well, uh, obviously, I think they're probably subscribing to things like Disney Plus, Noggin. You know, they're, they're probably using Netflix service as well, but I don't know. Um, YouTube, YouTube for kids. They're, they're possibly using YouTube for kids, although I think that that, that that formulation is free. Maybe they're subscribing to YouTube to get rid of the ad so that it's more kids yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that could be something that they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, I'd actually followed a little bit of that research also. And um, I agree with what you said before. The, you know, the Netflix number, the subscriber loss number seems to have dominated the headlines. But um, streaming is still both ad supported and subscription still growing very strongly. So um, not to be shortchanged by any stretch. Yep, in both in both revenue and in uh, and subscriptions. Although I have to say, well, you know, the truth is, if you look at the numbers, I've been, you know, obviously I track these numbers uh, pretty closely, and it looks to me like uh, growth is definitely slowing. But I guess you kind of expect that we're in we're in that transitionary period. I think most people are hybrid viewers. Most people have pay television as well as SVOD services or. Are continuing to consume free-to-air channels in Europe, as well as as well as subscribing to SVOD services. Where I think most of us are living in hybrid worlds, uh, but definitely the trend is towards digital, all digital. But um, uh, well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that in in my trends from the CTV summit. What else did you see? Well, one thing that caught my eye this week is um, there's a company called Firework that uh, raised $150 million in a Series B round. I was reading about it on TechCrunch. It's a live streaming commerce company. And uh, with that, new raise is worth uh, valued at about $750 million. And um, I was intrigued by it because it's really, um, I haven't spoken to them, but reading about them and kind of looking at their site and stuff, getting familiar with it, it sounds like it's a, um, it's really a platform for retailers and uh, consumer brands and publishers to create um, their own short form and live stream videos. And the you know goal of which is to drive more commerce. And that is something that a trend that I've been following for a while, just the idea that video um, evolves to become more of a lower funnel conversion type of medium, especially short form. And so this one caught my eye. This is actually a huge trend in China and some other international markets that I've uh, read about. But in the U.S., it's not that significant just yet. But I think that's what Firework is banking on. And um, they're not alone in this space. There are some other companies, too. But, uh, you know, the idea of short-form videos and live streaming uh, becoming drivers of commerce, conversion to commerce, I think is, um, I think is a really significant trend. So this one caught my attention. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is a topic that we're going to pick up big time at the uh, Connected TV Ad Summit in a couple of weeks. Well, I think it's a pretty 
pretty interesting one. It's one that certainly came up a lot at this at the at the conference in London over the last couple of days. A lot of discussion about attribution and 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 online selling, and uh, uh, that was a big that was a big topic. Yeah. Uh, but that's a pretty pretty decent valuation for a, a relatively young company. And um, I think an endorsement of the idea of the intersection of commerce and uh, short form and live streaming video as well. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that I think is the beauty of of internet delivery, right? Um, it was the it was the thing that you could you could never do along with. You know, without really having a lot of data on what people are doing, the one thing that you really found it very, we always found it very, very, very difficult for was the attribution piece. And companies like this are really coming up and, and making it even easier online. I wonder how they will reach out and work with companies like Roku and, you know, uh, Amazon and, and all of those companies, or if it's going to be something off to the side that's uh, doing something completely different. Well, we want to keep an eye on time, Colin. Um, I think those were some of the news items that we were looking at this week. You, as you mentioned, were, are, were in London at a conference, and you spoke to a few different interesting people, came back with a few observations, uh, which I think you wanted to say a little bit more about. I, I sure do. Yeah, it was a very good show. Um, I want to say hi to Humphrey Black. Humphrey Black works for CNN and Warner Media. He came up and Told me he listened to the podcast and really enjoys the podcast. Don't crash your car if you're listening in the car. That's where he said you listened the most, Henry. Humphrey, so keep your eye on the road. So a couple of a couple of three things really showed up there, Will. I, I can tell you a big theme at the show. There was a lot of discussion of the impact of fast linear services. Um, I, I, I want to say that uh, UK and Europe is a little bit behind the US in embracing fast linear but it's coming big time now. There was lots of discussion, as I say. I, I talked with a, a guy called Joe Nielsen, who's the chief uh, commerce officer for a company, a new sports streaming service called Sports Tribal. They're a fast, linear streaming service that's bringing free sports in, in, in channels, working with uh, a bunch of different, more, I would say, smaller sports, minority sports providers, folks like, uh, um, let's see, there's the, they've got a lot of U.S. college sports that they're bringing to Europeans. They're also bringing mixed martial arts and grappling and uh, billiards and that, that type of thing. Uh, so I, this was a service that I just couldn't see happening even two years ago and I had a really good discussion with Joe about how he's, how it's now becoming easier for him to go in and talk to these leagues and get them to grasp what he's doing and uh, to sign up. So that was, that was one very interesting thing that happened. Another, there was a couple of really, really interesting presentations. One I really loved was from Jack Davison. He's, uh, he's, uh, at three, a company called Three Vision, which is a consultancy there that really focuses on content. So he really tracks how people are selling content. And he was talking about this this idea of sell to self, and that is the the broadcasters and the providers, the content providers now, rather than licensing their content to other pre people, they're reserving them for themselves. And he showed some really interesting data. 
So he basically they tracked uh, in 10 countries, uh, including Sweden, UK, Spain, Mexico, and uh, France, Australia, so a, a bunch of different countries. He was looking at studio scripted series premieres on own services. So they produce the content and then they premiere them on their own uh, uh, own services. And if you look back back at t- 2018, he said about 23% of those were premiered on their own services. And that has increased to 60% in 2022. And he zoomed in on Disney. And my goodness, Disney is really all in on this sell-to-self idea in those 10 countries. In many of those countries now, the percentage of Disney distributed scripted TV series that premiered on their own service has gone to 100%. So <laughs> they're not licensing anything in places like yep. India and Italy and Spain and Sweden. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, it's I, I, I don't know if it's a, a great strategy, but it certainly shows that they're really four square behind their services and making sure that they're successful, right? I think that's the key point, Colin, is that, and this is a trend that has unfolded over the past few years as the streaming services have been launching. We saw this also with um, NBC and how they're pulling programming off of Hulu and putting it onto Peacock. The, um, I think the unifying thread is, you know, to your point, the stakes are very high uh, for direct consumer, and they're recognizing that distributing through other uh, third parties and helping those companies build their brands and their subscriber bases is not uh, strategic for them. Um, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Netflix was scooping up the rights to marquee programming from lots and lots of different services that were happy to take Netflix's licensing money. But that spigot has, I think, largely been turned off. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why Netflix has been so aggressive in producing its own originals. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, I think it's actually also one of the reasons why they're struggling a little bit, Will, because people still want that comfort TV, right? And they can't get a lot of it. There's a lot less of it now on Netflix than there used to be. But one, another really good presentation came from Rufus Radcliffe. He's the managing director of streaming TV at Britain's largest commercial broadcaster, ITV. And uh, the the way they've been managing their online, their direct-to-consumer is a bit, it's been a bit messy. They've got like three apps in market, Hub. They've got this thing called Hub Plus, which is uh, no ads. That's their SVOD service. They've got BritBox, which until recently was with BBC, but I think they've now taken it over. Uh, And they also have a free hub called ITV Hub, uh, which is basically a catch-up service, but it's, adver- it's advertising supported. What they're doing is they're bringing that all together in this new thing called ITVX, and it has everything, Will. So I know, you know, uh, companies like ViacomCBS are using Paramount Plus to sort of bring a lot of their, uh, their content, including the broadcast channels, to their audience but itv is really they're bringing everything they're going to have live linear channels that's all their broadcast channels in the uk will be available through itvx they're going to also have 20 uh fast linear channels that they're going to curate specifically that for that for that service so i'm guessing that we'll see some uh library uh library shows being showcased there in those live linears 
um, from fast channels and then they'll also have an extensive VOD library uh, and really what they're trying to do here is they're trying to have something for everybody so he was sort of pointing to the fact that still in the UK 51% of people 35 and over they always go to live first so using ITVX they'll have plenty of that so they'll be able to use that to do that they were saying that 40% of UK viewers are already using fast TV channels, fast linear channels. So there'll be plenty of plenty of fast linear on the service there. And 34% of 16 to, 40, to 34 year olds, the younger people, they always go to on demand first. And so they'll have plenty. Uh, so really, it's this is a big play by ITV to really appeal to all of the major demographic groups uh, or at least major age groups in the UK uh, and bring them all under one tent this this big thing called ITVX so I think it's a big play for them and uh, really a, a, an exemplary example I think of how broadcasters should be reacting to uh, and trying to to capture people as they move online sounds like a smart strategy I assume you're in agreement Oh, you bet, you bet. It was, and it was a very, very good presentation. He showed a mock-up of the interface, and it it looked really good. Uh, and the, and the last thing I wanted to mention, although I, I could go on and on about the conference, there was a lot of stuff there. Really, was um, a presentation, uh, well, a discussion that included uh, Sarah Milton, who's head of Digital UK, which is um, uh, free TV in the UK, and. Uh, she had a couple of really interesting things to say, but one of the things that she said in passing was she just mentioned the challenges for locals with the TV platforms. And what she was intimating there is something that I've been very concerned about, and we, might, we haven't talked on the podcast about this for a long time, uh, and that is the influence of global SVOD and uh, and of the TV platforms, the big TV platforms, in really influencing what we watch. And uh, remember, the digital TV research report shows that, you know, so many of the SVOD subscriptions are going to be dominated by people like Disney and Netflix and HBO Max going forward. And they've got the money to pay the platform providers for placement to make sure that they're apps are always front and center and the problem is that for local providers is that they don't really have the wherewithal to be able to influence the platform providers to get great placement and i'll give you a great example of free-to-air broadcaster like the bbc or free-to-air broadcaster say from a market like denmark or finland or some some smaller com- country they really they really don't have anything that they can trade for to to get good placement there aren't ad spots that they can give to the platform providers which they will ask for there's no subscription revenue that they can plumb uh, that and they can give uh, a cut to a platform provider which of course those platform providers are also asking for so it's very difficult for them to influence that platform to get decent placement and that's a huge problem right because if you're not placed well and you're not easy to find on those platforms then you really lose the voice people won't find you and uh, this is I, I, this is a national 
security issue, if you like, for these smaller countries because they need their citizens to be seeing that content and hearing that content about what's going on in their country. And big SVOD and big, big global providers are squeezing them out of the places where they'll be easily found on those uh, uh, on those TV platforms. So I thought that that was a, a point that wasn't strongly emphasized at the show, but really it's something that I re- continue to be pretty concerned about for regions. Yeah, I think it's a valid concern, Colin, and well said. Uh, so let's see, anything, sound like you maybe had some other stuff. I think you're going to do a write-up of some of your observations also on end screen. Yeah, yeah, I already have. Um, I've already got a piece up there f- about Sports Tribal. So if people want to know more about this service, I think it's a really cool service. And I'm going to be talking about Joe about when he's when he's going to bring that service to the US. And yes, over the next couple of days, I'm going to be writing up a couple of my panels, what was said on there. So they should check out my blog if they want to find out more about what happened at that, that uh, conference. Sounds good. And we've covered a bunch of ground here today. Hopefully our listeners have stayed with us as we've sort of ping-ponged around uh, a little, yeah. different, little different format this week than usual. We covered a lot, but I think we're just about out of time. I think we are, Colin. So good chatting, safe travels. Thanks everyone for listening in on this week's Inside the Stream. And we'll see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.